Thank you, Brother Louie. I appreciate it. I was uh, a lot younger, as Brother Louis said, and my hair was a lot darker. This is pretty strong here. Not too much, um, not too much any of us can say about how good all of us have been, are they? How wonderful we are. There's only one great one, and that's the Lord and His mercy to us all. I do appreciate it, Him letting us be together and walk together in life's journey. And we know that this is the shortest time that we'll ever have together, so we certainly look forward to that time when all of our troubles and our difficulties will, will be laid aside. I'm not Brother Louie. Y'all look so good. It's so good to see all of you here today. We just so appreciate the opportunity to be together. We cherish it. And the meetings down in Louisiana, the Lord really helped, and Brother Ron and Brother Wayne did an outstanding job. They said that some of the people that had visited the services there hadn't been able to be in church, actually physically in church, for two years. Two years. So, even though we've had it hard, yet we've been able to come to church. So, thank the Lord for that. Are you here today expecting the Lord to just give you something in your heart, your life? How many knows we need? We need Him. We need His help. We need His guidance. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1, if you would. certainly want to continue to remember those that are sick and some aren't feeling well today, <clears throat> reason they haven't been here to church. And um, after the meeting there, Brother Tim, several got sick. Actually, Brother Tim canceled their service again today. Brother Jason Watkins as well. They'll be resuming, Lord willing, next week. And have several in their assembly that's sick, so we want to pray for them as well. God will just move for them, help them. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23, and then we'll read chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. I hope you don't mind me reading these things. I've read these scriptures for a couple of different times, but if we could understand it, what we're about to read actually here today is Christ, the mystery of God, Revealed. This was part of his entire purpose from eternity, what we're fixing to read about. As put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. So the church is the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Chapter 2, verse 6. And hath raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Verse 10. For we are his workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Well, if he ordained that I do it, I want to do it with all of my heart. Chapter 5, verse 23. The great conclusion now of this mystery. For the husband is the head of the wife, 
even as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. The Savior of the body. And then Paul goes on down in a few verses and he tells us that as Christ loved the church, so men also to love their own wives. For he that loveth himself loveth his wife. Catching from the great mystery of what God had gave to Adam in the Garden of Eden, whenever he looked at his wife and said, you are now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. In other words, you are me in another expression. And this is what the Lord intended that his church should be. How many has a need today in your heart, request on your heart? Can we just take it before the Lord? Father, we love you so much today. We are so honored to be in your place here that we have set aside, called a church. We know, Lord, that the building is not the church, but it's the people. But this building has been hallowed or sanctified, set apart that we could come here to sing, to worship, to pray to be able to be called the house of God. Father, we're asking you now that you would help us. Our needs are many, but our God is greater than all of our needs put together. Lord, we have so many requests and needs, and Father, my heart now going to different parts of the country, even around the world, Lord, just hearing of another pastor passing away this morning. And Lord, different ones that are very sick. Lord, Brother Jason DeMars in the hospital and ICU and certainly needing a touch from you today, Father. Different ones, Lord, and we're praying that your great hand would reach to them in kindness and in mercy. Some are here today, Father, because they're not feeling well, some being exposed, and Lord, they felt it would be safer for the rest of the saints if they didn't come. So we pray that you'd bless them, even as they sit at home and stream the service today. For those of us that are present, we acknowledge to you, Lord God, that we need you so much. Amen. Lord, most of my life I've been living for you, but I need you now more than ever before. I need you every day, every hour, Lord Jesus. I'm so thankful that you've opened your word to our hearts. Once again, will you speak to us today these great truths. Bring us into a great union and harmony, I ask in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Two major images given in the Bible. The church is a family. The church is a body. Both mystical and natural local assemblies. We can see this pictured in the book of Acts. As the Lord God baptized the first human beings with the Holy Ghost outside of Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place, in one accord. There the Spirit of God began to move on these people's souls and capture them and captivate their beings and perform what the Lord Jesus had announced that would come. And that was a new birth. 
It was a marvel even that Nicodemus heard this first idea of a new birth and said, how can a man, when he is old, enter the second time? into his mother's womb. You can imagine that if you would have been there and heard the Lord Jesus say, except a man be born again, he cannot see or understand the kingdom of heaven. In his mind, him thinking, born again, the second time enter into my mother's womb, how can that be? And Jesus said, you being a teacher in Israel and you don't understand these things. But we know that the mystery of it was not even really made clear by the Lord Jesus himself in the form of teaching. It was going to be made clearer in the form of experience. Amen. We can teach the new births. We can have quotes and scriptures and theology. But it will never be clear to the human heart, the human soul, until one experiences that for themselves. Once it happens to them, then they don't really need just to be able to read about it, but they have experienced it on their own. I trust everybody in this building today has had that to happen to you. We can hear it sung about, preached about, talked about, read, but yet when one knows that they have passed from death unto life, their soul has been brought into the original image that Adam had in the beginning. An image of oneness that could only be received by the breath of God. So you can sign your name on a church book, shake a preacher's hand, go to a beautiful church, large assembly or small, whatever it would be, that doesn't and bring you into the spiritual body of the Lord Jesus. There's only one way to get there. And that is by, according to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians, for by one spirit are we all baptized or immersed into that mystical spiritual body. But yet the mystical part of the family of God does not do away from the local assemblies. For we see immediately after the church received the Holy Ghost. Then we see they started gathering together on what was called the first day of the week. So the mystical part was that which could not be seen. But the, mass, the, natural, the natural aspect of it was they started gathering in homes or gathering in buildings. And then from there it became called the church. So Paul by the time he wrote some 30 years later after the day of Pentecost, he would address the church which was in this one's house or the church in that one's house or to the church of Corinth. Now they didn't name their churches, what we do today, Word of Life Tabernacle, Word of Life Church, or Evening Light Tabernacle, but actually mainly for the most part, initially when the churches started, they were called the Church of Laodicea, the Church of Ephesus, the Church of Philadelphia. So they were called the church or the gathering place in a certain city. Then as the churches began to grow and they would have one and then another and another then they would take on another name and they would begin identified as what we know today. So today we call them the Missionary Baptist or the Faith Baptist or this or that or the other or Happy Valley Church. Why are we called that? Because years ago when the church moved here from Roan Hill, they took on the identity of this particular place where we are located. Happy Valley. So we call it Happy Valley Church of Jesus Christ. And what does that identify? That does not identify 
the mystical body, but that identifies this local assembly that we have here. So in the picture of the family of God, we can see how the Lord Jesus wants to continue his work in this body called the church. So the church is the wife. Now when I say that, I don't mean everybody that is called church because we know there's two churches. One of them is the true church of the living God. The other are imposters actually. They gather together. They call themselves church. But the Lord Jesus is not their head. They have men as their head. Men vote them in. Men vote them out. Men sin here. The men do this. So it's actually men. But the Lord Jesus desires a body that will be his own masterpiece in the making. And they will be a group of people that will be gathered together under his auspices. In other words, they do not have a denominational headquarters and the bishops and the overseers say, okay, y'all do this and y'all do that and y'all do something else and we're moving this pastor from this location to this one and we're setting this guy there. No, the Bible tells us the Holy Ghost sent them out to preach. So it was not a gathering of people. That's the church we believe in today. Now, the Lord Jesus desires to continue that same work that he started in the book of Acts. Let's change over, Brother Eric, to the handheld. Whenever he started that out, okay, battery's dead on this. Mm-hmm. Harry, come help me. The Lord Jesus started that out in the mystical body. Get off right here, Gwendolyn, and change batteries for me. In the top drawer on the right. In the mystical body that would be baptized by the Holy Ghost. In that, he made five different diversions of how he would minister to the saints of God. And we call it the fivefold ministry. The Lord, of course, did not have that in the Old Testament, but he had mainly prophets and judges by which he would speak to the people. Then he ordained a priesthood which would bring the sacrifices from the Lord from the people rather into the presence of the Lord but in the New Testament the Lord decided to go a different way so he's not going to have a Levitical priesthood he's not going to have judges but he's going to have ministry that will come and minister to the saints of God and of course we know there's apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers they are to be the living representation of the voice of God in every age. Now we know that he would have one major prophet that would appear once in an age that would come and speak to the saints of God. He would catch the mind of God. And the word logos of course means the mind of God or the mandate of God for the day. And a major prophet would catch that from God and then the other ministry would go out from underneath that one apostles and teachers and so on and they would begin to replicate what God had given to that pastor. Then God would continue the same work that he started in the book of Acts. So God has not changed his format at all. But it's exactly the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he started it out in the book of Acts the way he wanted it. Now he's going to manifest himself in the form 
of apostles, of prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And that is actually going to be God's way that he will close himself in the form of an army inside his body on the earth. So God will represent himself in the form of these five offices. And these five offices will represent the way that God will minister to the body. Now that does not mean that the body is not important within itself because in the body will be there will be diversities of government there will be all kinds of aspects in the body and keep in your, in your mind because you're not a preacher does not mean that you are not important to the mystical body and also the local body so what if we do away with everybody here today that's not preachers we're going to have about three or four people that are sitting here in this body so God does not mean that just because you're not a preacher that you're a laity that you're not important you are very important to the body and nobody can take your place and the church said why? Because that's the way God designated. Then in that, God would have those that would be given certain abilities. Some would sing, some would be used in the office of ministry, some would be used in the office of administration. They would be there to help. And we know, of course, there was no deacons in the Old Testament, but whenever the diversity of the government of the body changed, then the, the apostles themselves, they said, it's not right that we should wait on tables because there was widows and there was people that was not getting their needs met and the ministry was being pulled in that way. And the apostle said, it's not right that we should be pulled away from the word and that we should wait on tables. You've got these needs. So they didn't say, well, you know, the widows are not important and the, the, the homeless are not important. They did not believe that. They believed they were important, but they said, what we need, we need to designate a new member in the body of Christ that will start administering to these offices and they come up with the Greek word dekanes which is deacon. Now from that it means the word minister or one that will minister to. So then we find that the deacons were placed into the body and they started ministering to what? More to the natural needs. Now a deacon of course can be apt to teach and all that but it certainly does not mean that a deacon is to be a preacher. But the deacon is to minister to the people on their everyday level and if they've got needs and they're lacking of this and that and the other. And God orchestrated that in the body. And it was something that God has never taken away to this day. Now initially even in the first few years of the early church, they never had what we have today and that is the office of a trustee because the church did not own any property. But as the church began to grow and they had houses and they had church buildings and so on, then there was a need for trustees, especially dealing with the banks of course. In this day, the banks want a board of trustees. So it's a board of men that are able to be responsible for the finances of the church. So as the church grew, then things begin to happen. Why, you'd have never been able to probably convince Peter and James and John that one day preachers would be able to stand in the pulpit like we are today, and at the same time that you are hearing my voice here in Johnson City, Tennessee, there are people in Canada 
Canada and France and in Norway and Europe and Africa, all over the world, in a few seconds after I say these words, they're hearing it as well. So then what do we need? Well, if we've got that, that technology, we have to have people in the body that understand how to fix that technology. I'm glad it ain't dependent on me because I'll tell you one thing, if it was left up to me to know how to do streaming and all that, I don't know one thing about it. And the majority of you don't either, do you? But yet we're glad that we can do it. And then what did God do? God give us people, not only in our assembly, but in assemblies around the world that would know how to do such things. So as the need arose, then God would facilitate that by people in that body that would help minister to that particular need. Now I realize some of these are unseen folks. Some of you don't even know who takes care of the internet whenever it's down. All you know is whenever you can't get on there, you get mad and aggravated. Or you try to get on there and you're buffering all the time and whatever more and you contact whoever you think is in charge and you want it fixed. I mean right now. ASAP. You don't want to waste no time. You want it done. But yet if it was not for people behind the scenes that knew how to do that, where would we all be? And it's the same way in the spiritual sense of the body that God can move on some people's hearts. They may never get up and sing. They may never get up and prophesy or preach a sermon, but yet they are prayer warriors and God will wake them up in the wee hours of the morning and put Brother Darrell on their heart, Brother Wes or some of his other brothers or myself, and they don't even know why. They may never get any credit, as we call it, in this life. And some positions in the body are those that do not render a bunch of glory, but it is unseen. It is almost as if it is not there except for those who are part of it and those that receive the benefit from doing it. Aren't you glad God does it that way? There are some in the church and it seems as if so, they are the ones that get so much of the honor and the glory. And you remember there was instances by which the prophet would go into a city and he would have great meetings and my, the, the blind would be, be able to see the lame wall and Brother Random would give credit not only to himself and say, well, I've done this, I'm the prophet and I've done that, but he would mention those people that were praying for the meetings and he would mention those that had fasted for days days on end before he came to their city and God took their prayer and their sincerity and some of the folks that day that received their healing, it wasn't just because Brother Branham was there but it was coupled together with those who had a burden on their heart for their city or for their church. Don't you understand friend that the preacher does not bring revival in his briefcase. The preacher does not bring a great stirring in his briefcase to the church, but sometimes it can be a little sister or a little brother in the church and hardly nobody even knows that they're there, but God lays a burden on their heart. Lord, we need a stirring in our church. God, we've got sick people in our church. Lord, we need a visitation of healing in our church. And yet the spirit of God may move and people come up and are prayed for. Maybe I lay hands on them. Brother West does, one of the other minister brothers here. And we lay hands on them and you see God heal 
heals them. And you totally attribute it to that because Brother Joel Brown laid his hands on somebody's head and they turn in the testimony on Wednesday night. Brother Joel prayed for me and God healed me. Well, thank God that Brother Joel had faith to do it, but it might have been somebody else who also had a burden on their heart as well. And yet we don't say, well, thank God sister so-and-so prayed. Why? Because it's just like the anatomy of the human body. There's things about our body we have never seen. We've never seen our insides. We've never seen the parts that are absolutely so vital for life and yet take our heart out, our kidneys out, our liver, many other things of us that's on the inside and we would no longer be able to live or exist. It's the same way with the body. There are people in the mystical body of Christ and they will never be renowned. Oh, you know, friend, it's hard to imagine. But I thank God for pastors in and around this message. And many of them are not called to be convention speakers. Many of them will never step up before a great crowd of people and never be called by various brothers to come and preach a special meeting or come and speak at a convention. They're just not called that way. But yet they pastor their little small church, 25 or 30 or 50 or whatever it is. They may never travel around the world. They may never leave their own country. And yet they're just as faithful as they can be. And they serve the Lord Jesus with all of their heart. And yet God may put on their hearts and they may be burdened for other men of God who are called to travel that way. That is a great revelation from God. That a person can hold an inferior smaller position and still be able to acknowledge those that as we would say may be greater gifted than they are and not be jealous. Well I wish somebody would preach with me today. But it's always it's something about the human race especially after Adam fell and threw us into this thing of competitiveness and how do we look at this man and it's so hard for us many times to see people that are gifted above us or better than us and not to feel some sort of resentment or a little bit of jealousy. Now if y'all get any quieter on me than what you are now I don't know how I'm going to be able to finish this. But I want you to notice that it is a great thing to acknowledge in the body of the Lord Jesus that there are some that are so gifted. My goodness, I hear some preachers preaching. I think, wow, it ain't no wonder that they're called on to preach so much because they're so gifted. Others that can sing and they just sing and sing and sing. And I think if I could sing like that, I, that's probably all I'd do. I'd just go around like a mockingbird. I'd just sing at 24-7. I'd sing and by sleep, I'd sing and I'm eating, I'd sing, I'd just sing, sing, sing. So I guess that's why the Lord didn't gift me too well to sing. But I'm glad that we've got people like that, aren't you? But yet for us to be able to acknowledge of what the Lord does, that when God gifts people and places them in the body, it is actually for the benefit of the body itself. God does not gift people just so that they can be looked up to and they can be acknowledged as this great so-and-so, this great piano player, this great guitar player, this great singer, but actually God places them in the body for the body. 
Is that right? Then God chose to minister in this way. Now we know that God created, even in the beginning, that God created by degrees. Now I know people don't like this, but actually still in heaven, when we roll back into eternity where we came from, there will still be degrees in eternity. But the difference is we will not have the human element which cannot take degrees very well. There will be degrees, and there were degrees, and angels. There were cherubims, there were seraphims, there were zooms, there were angels which were called by Paul elect angels. And there were other angels which were put on a place of probation. Listen to me now. And they were actually created. So they are not of eternal essence. So they were angels which were created. Remember, Lucifer was created. Thou was perfect from the day that thou was created. So Lucifer, amen, had a day that he began. He had a day when he started, and he'll have a day when he will end. That's right. But there are other angels which were not created out of time substance. They were not brought into view and they were actually elect angels. And you and I, I hope you understand this, our theophany body is a part of that supernatural element of the angelic host which never failed in the beginning. So it is our angel in the presence of God. Then God wanted to have a body on the earth that would be able to carry out his work. So they would minister to the sick. They would preach the word. They would be able to just not only do that now for the church body, but they would have a heart for fallen humanity. Now, you know, I realize that a lot of folks get so caught up in humanitarian aid and they think that the church of the living God, basically that's what the church is all about. It's not just about humanitarian aid, but neither should we be so spiritual that we don't care about the human needs of those around us. One of these days at the day of judgment when we stand there and all will be unfolded of what this church has done around the world, you're gonna find out that we've not just printed books and we've not just duplicated tapes and sent out things, but we have done things in a humanitarian way. We've drilled water wells. We've made them available for communities in Africa and they were not just available for the saints of God, but they were available for any thirsty human being that needed a drink. We've sent medicine, we've done different things in Vietnam and different parts of the world. Why? Because I care for humanity. I don't just care for you. Oh, you say, well, we should think about our own. We want to put our own first. But remember, the Lord Jesus does not just save his own, but he saves those in the book of life which are not his own. So he cares for others. You see, if Satan can get us so locked in that all we care about is just this group, then we'll narrow it down to just this family, and then it'll come on down to our family, and it keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller, but the love of God is so great, it'll take eternity for us to really understand and comprehend how much God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, not the bride, the world. It is not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So he doesn't just love his family, he loved the human race. 
Is that right? So we don't want to become so narrowed and so focused that all we think about is our church or just our message while everybody else, you know, they're not even worth worrying with. Well, God don't agree with you in that view. If you can give people a kind word, why not give it to them? Well, they don't come to our church. What difference does that make? The Lord Jesus did not just heal those that were elect. The Lord Jesus did not just come and make a way for those to have salvation that were on the Lamb's book of life, but also on the book of life. I think we need to have his makeup, his character, and his attitude. Well, hallelujah. Is that right? Now, let's tap back if we can for just a few minutes before we go a different direction here. On this great virtue of the Lord God, which is to be revealed mainly in the Laodicean church age on the attribute of brotherly kindness. Now, this is what's gonna be in the body, the main virtue of the day. Now, we need, of course, all seven virtues, but this is the one that will be the focus. Second Peter chapter one, verse five. And beside, all, beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, oh my, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity, which is God himself. For these things being you, and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So we're talking about now people that have been forgiven and people that have been purged so you can be forgiven and you can be purged and still miss these virtues right here. And a person who thinks, well, I'm forgiven, that's all I need. No, you're just getting started. You're just getting started to come into the economy of God. Now, we notice when prophet deals with this, he says, after Sardis, Luther, then comes Philadelphia, godliness, Wesley, holiness, just shall live by faith, said Luther, sanctification through Wesley, then come in brotherly kindness through the Laodicea. And we believe the great message of the second peering of a Elijah in the last days shall sweep the land. Now notice what this is going to be. Each of us may have an element of these seven virtues that are natural to our human makeup. But God does not accept that into the stature of a perfect man. Well, Brother Donnie, I'm pretty patient. I've got, you know, a little bit of faith and I've got a little bit of God in this. That's well and good. But these virtues are not our own virtues, but they are the virtues of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ himself. In the days of Paul, it was the virtue of Christ Jesus that was manifesting himself in the bottom part of the pyramid because God is building a house and that house don't look like a cube, but it looks like a pyramid. So we got the church age, the church age messenger, and then we've got a virtue on the other side. Notice this now, oh my. And now we put the blood of Jesus Christ in and that brings the face of Jesus Christ. So the face of Jesus Christ is not your faith on steroids. It's not your faith built up by intellectual something, but the virtues are actually the virtues of the Lord Jesus. Oh, brother Don, I've got such faith. Oh, wonderful, I appreciate that. But there will be times your faith will not be able to do what you need to be done. 
Watch this. Now we put the blood of Jesus Christ in that brings the faith of Jesus Christ, the virtue of Jesus Christ, the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But notice Satan will try to bring a carnal impersonation of every one of these virtues. Why? He does not want us to have the faith of Jesus Christ, the virtue of Jesus Christ, the knowledge. He don't mind you having knowledge. He don't care if you memorize the scripture. He don't care if you memorize the message and you can quote it and quote it and quote it but what does that knowledge do? Puffs you up. But you see the knowledge of Jesus Christ will give an answer to the devil when you don't know what to say but the knowledge of Jesus Christ never makes you arrogant. It never makes you puffed up. But human knowledge does. Oh my, the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the temperance, the temperance. You say, why would the Lord Jesus need these? He become a human. Praise God. Jesus had faith. Jesus had virtue. Jesus had knowledge. Don't the Bible tell us in Luke 2.52 that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature before both God and man. He allowed himself by the act of kenosis to step out of that all-knowing situation and step into humanity in such a degree and say, I can do nothing except what my Father shows me. Remember him talking about his second coming and he said, even the son don't know when he's coming. <laughs> wow, mind boggling. The temperance of Jesus Christ, the patience. You said, why would he need patience? You. You. Me. Paul. Peter. John. Angels ain't done near the trying of his patience that I have. And I'm going to go ahead and say it for the rest of you, you bunch of sorry outfits. Y'all have done the same thing. Jesus needs patience to put up with us. We're lazy. We're sorry. And I love y'all. Y'all know it. The patience of Jesus Christ. The godliness of Jesus Christ. The brotherly kindness. Look, friend, every one of these Satan will try to bring an imposter of this. And you say, well, I'm good, I'm good. I don't cut my hair, I don't do this, I don't do that, praise God. I never wear red. I, I'm, oh man, I've got this holiness. I'm so holy, I'm so righteous. Uh-huh, yeah. And with yours, it'll bring an attitude. It'll bring an arrogance and you'll look down that long nose of yours at everybody that don't obey your convictions. Oh, I'll tell you one thing. There's people in our church that do this and don't do that and do something else. You know what it is? That's the kind of so-called godliness Satan wants us to have. That we become harsh. We become judgmental. Oh my, but Jesus said, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain. Apparently they need it. I don't know about you, I need mercy every day of my life. My, my, you mean Jesus Christ as a man needed brotherly kindness. If you'd have had to put up as Peter, James, John, Bartholomew, Thaddeus, 
and all the rest of them guys, you would have knew, known why he needed it. Now let's just update it and say, he still needs it today, putting up with the rest of us. Oh my, that's exactly right. Notice in the love of God, which is Jesus Christ. He's the head that controls you and your feet is the foundation, face, amen, controlled by the head. There you are, there is the perfect man of God when he possesses these virtues. Notice again on page 51. So when you're surrendering your complete being, then the Holy Spirit just pours through you in these verses. Notice the Holy Spirit pours through you through these virtues. As God speaks to a pastor, God speaks to the prophet, God speaks to the evangelist, the teacher, and so on. So the Holy Ghost, these are the aspects in our life that God wants to speak through us. Not our human intelligence, not our intellect, not our pride, not our arrogance. These are the avenues that God will speak through us. To who, Brother Donnie? To everybody you come in contact with that he leads you to say something to. If God's got anything to say on the earth today, guess what he's going to use? If God's got a sermon to be preached, he's not going to send an angel. God will never send an angel with wings on his back to stand here in this pulpit and preach a sermon to you all. If you're down, if you're weak, if you're sick, God said, oh, get out of the way, Donnie, get out of the way. Let me take that microphone. I'll preach to them. That's absolutely forbidden. As a matter of fact, the prophet of God said, when the pastor steps in the pulpit, he is the angel of God to you. It would be forbidden for God to send a cherubim and take my iPad this morning and preach these things to you. It's totally forbidden. It breaks divine protocol. So is God want to fill his people with these things. And God, through that protocol of your life, loves like Jesus, forgives like Jesus has temperance with your brother, your sister, your wife, your children, your husband, whatever more, that you yourself can say, oh, I'll tell you one thing, boy, they aggravate me, but I'm gonna love like Jesus. I'm gonna pray for him. Help me first, Lord, help me first. Oh, my. So when you're surrendering your complete being, then the Holy Spirit pours through you in these virtues, then you're a living tabernacle. Then people look out and say, that's a man full of virtue, knowledge, believes the word, temperance, patient, godliness, got brotherly kindness, full of the love of the Holy Ghost, walking around, what is it? A statue that unbelievers can look at and say, there is a Christian. I'm gonna tell you something, friend. You will never attain anything higher in this life until the body change. That for this to be said about you in reality. People may call you a rich man and say, wow, I've arrived. I'm in the millionaire's club. 
I'm a billionaire. I'm a thousandaire. I'm a pennyaire. I'm whatever. I, I've arrived. Well, with who we've got in the White House now, you better hang on to it because next year you may not be. Come on, they're going to give the IRS the authority. You know that already to monitor your checking account and your savings. They're going to keep an eye on you. Big brother's watching you. But aren't you glad your riches, your real ones, are laid up in heaven and Mr. Biden don't have access to that account? Congress and the IRS don't have access to that account. Praise the Lord. But when a person can look out of sincerity and say these words about you, there is a Christian. Nothing higher could be said about you. Nothing. Oh, but Brother Donnie, well, well, that man prayed for me. That don't mean he's a Christian. Jesus said, many will stand before me in that day and say, I cast out devils in your name. I heal the sick in your name. And then I will say unto them, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never even knew you. Friends, I wonder sometimes if we haven't missed some things. We think, boy, because we're so deep and we understand so much. And my, we know this. I, 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 I know, I know. I've been around a lot of those kingdom building preachers around the message. And what I've found is for a lot of their followers, the more they know, the more arrogant they become. And the less friendly they are to everybody else. I've been around some of them that are so deep and know so much. They know so much they won't even speak to you. And you want me to believe you've got more of Jesus than I do? I don't see Jesus doing that, friends. Well, preach, Brother Donnie. Notice this in blasphemous names. First, foundationally, is faith. Second, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, from knowledge temperance, from temperance patience, to all my, to patience, godliness, and from godliness to brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, then love being the capstone. Seven of those things, seven church ages, seven stars of the seven church ages, all of it is tempered by what? The Holy Spirit. Now that's what it takes to become a servant of Christ. How many needs more brotherly kindness? More faith? More virtue? Oh, you're just keeping your hand up. Good, good. Notice this again, he says in paragraph 254, what is purpose to the church? Then life that was in Christ isn't reflecting in you. Don't you stand still if you haven't got patience. Notice that the prophet himself didn't tell, did not tell us, don't stand still until you're the deepest person in the message. You can quote me verbatim. You can quote me word for word for word, but these are the things he instructed us to persist in. Don't you stand still. Oh my. If you've got patience, virtue, all these things and temperance and things and godliness and brotherly kindness, all these things that's required of you. Now let us look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you would, verse 24. Look at how we are in the body. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together. Look at this Greek word, mix with, mix together, co-mingle, call several parts to combine into an organic structure, which is the body. 
to unite one thing to another. So God is liking the spiritual body to our natural body, and this is the way Paul is taking it, but God has tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. Now, I hope you understand already that what we just read is an absolute miracle within itself. That God actually takes people from different makeups, different backgrounds, different, oh my, just everything about us, different races, different culture, different things totally around the world, and God tempers them together, and they commingle, and they could never, there's no way that the message of the hour could ever be replicated. It could not be replicated by politics. The Republican Party is divided as the Democrats, and the Democrats are all divided, and the liberals are are divided, communism is divided, socialism is divided, but there is not a unity around the world that exists like the spiritual unity of the body of Jesus. Because we're not uniting on political principles. There may be Democrats in here this morning, Republicans, and some of you wouldn't give you a flip of a nickel for either one of them because you don't really care one way or the other. But yet you are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Notice this in verse 25, that there should be no schism. Schism, the word schism means division or dissension in the body. Notice now he's not calling this bodies, but he uses one term through these whole passages of scripture, body singular. But the members should have the same care for one another. Now, please listen to me carefully and don't misunderstand me. I am not the body of Christ. You are not the body of Christ as an individual. But we are members of that body. Well, I don't need to go to church. I don't need so-and-so. Well, you see a person like that don't even understand the body at all because they are making themselves the body as a whole. Well, I don't have to go to church. Well, of course you don't have to go to church, but if you ever get the Holy Ghost, you want to. Oh, sure, I don't have to not run around on my wife. I don't have to not want to rob banks and smoke cigarettes and do all that sort of thing. It's not a case of me not having to. I just don't want to do it. And it's the same when a person really gets a revelation that coincides with the divine word of God. Oh, I don't have to go to church. I don't have to be around nobody else. I can stay at home and be just as good a Christian. Well, according to your prophet, he said you couldn't. Amen. But you see that there would be no schism in the body. So God takes all these different members and he tempers them together and makes them function to one divine purpose. That's an absolute miracle. It's an absolute miracle. Some of us are so stubborn. Some of us are hard-headed. Some of us are gentle. Some of us are tempered one way. Some are tempered another. It's a miracle for all of us to be sitting in the same building this morning having church together. Why? Because in our human makeup, we're so different. And you'd ask our likes and our dislikes. You'd say, how in the world are y'all able to get together? We've been tempered by the Holy Ghost. Notice in verse 26. 
And whether one member suffer. Now notice what Paul is identifying now. He's not calling that member the body. But he's calling it a member of the body. So if one member suffer. So your brothers, your wife tells you, look, honey, I'd like to move that picture on the wall. You say, okay, sure. So you get your tools ready. You hold it up there, your stud finder. You run across it, beep, 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 beep. You hold that nail up. And all of a sudden, you've got it reared back. And whenever you do, she said, you care for tea? Ah! So you hit the wrong nail. Now look how small my thumbnail is. Not very big at all. Pumps no blood. Does not filter things in my body like my liver and my kidneys. Does not have any digestive juices in it. It does not help as far as my eye color, my hair color, made out of keratin and all that, vitamin K. But all of a sudden, my entire body is focusing on that little bitty piece of keratin. And your heart, oh, oh, why did you ask me if I wanted tea then? Oh, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. And she comes over, oh, Jesus, 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 oh, oh. So the entire body is giving attention. Your whole focus is now on that little nail. Can't you see what we're supposed to be as a body of Jesus Christ? But what we tend to do, we're the only army that's ever been in history that kills our own wounded. So somebody falls and makes a mistake and does this and that and then, oh, we don't want nothing to do with them but our sorry outfits. You should do it the way you do your son. Oh, I realize it's risky. You see, when folks get in sin and they fall on their backside and they get all dirty and nasty and filthy, it's risky going to their rescue. Sometimes I feel like I work for the sewer department of heaven with some of the trash I have to deal with in people's lives. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I would rather do that. I would rather be identified and fulfill the scripture, the word of God. Remember the prophet talking about Abraham whenever Lot backslid and got away from God and Abraham risked his own life and the lives of his 318 men to go down there and deliver his brother. He said, somebody said to me not long ago, why do you go after that fella? Why do you go after that thing? He said, God forbid that I would ever get to a place that I would not reach out. Oh, I'll tell you, friend, I'd love to be able to lead some of those who backslid away from God and left our church. I love to be able to lead some of them back. They may smell like marijuana. They may smell like alcohol. They may smell like whatever more. Oh, but if I can lead them to the Lord Jesus, I found out if we can bring them in, we can clean them up after we catch them. You brothers that fish know you cannot clean that fish while he's still in the lake. But if you catch him, then you can clean him. Oh, hallelujah. May God help us as a body that no matter how vile, how wretched,
wretched that we're not afraid to get our hands dirty. All but my, we're all so clean. We're lily white. Ooh, we're just so precious and so wonderful. And we're set down to eat at the table of the king. And our hands are clean. Our spirit is clean. We're totally faultless. We're just about the next thing to God himself. You're a liar. Is it risky? Yes. I have risked my reputation many times by putting my arms around a fallen brother that I knew when I did it there would be self-righteous people that would look at me and say, why would Brother Donnie do that? Because I don't want to see a one perish. I don't want to see a one perish. I don't want to see a one but Brother Donnie, they smell and they stink. Oh, they do. That's the way you and I did when we were in sin. Oh, my. But it might not be just one that's never got saved. That'll be the last one in. It could be a backslider that used to sit right here in this church or used to sit in Louisiana somewhere. And, well, come on, let's just be honest. It takes more grace in our hearts to deal with a backslider than it does a rank sinner. If we lead rank sinners to the Lord and we baptize them over all standing up and we're so proud and we make such accolades but who wants to reach someone that's got out of fellowship with God and they're contaminated and they're filthy I will I'll do it even at the risk of you some of you not understanding some of my contemporaries not understanding because I want to be like my Jesus in every aspect of my life. I'll tell you one thing, if he would have reached out to those of us that were so clean and so pure and so sanctimonious, there wouldn't be none of us even saved today. But he picked us up out of the miry clay. He picked us up out of wretchedness and sin and the filth of the world and said, child, come on home. Come on home, child. Hallelujah. Whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Listen to this, how he flips and now it goes. One member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Well, that's a tough one for some folks. Oh, yeah, we turn out a prayer. Remember, sister, so and so. You just said to her, God help my sister. And for many of you, it's genuine. But when you hear about somebody getting honored, I've been saved longer than them. Well, this is tough for preachers, too. Because God will call a man and raise him up and let him do this and that and the other. And boy, preachers, if they're not careful, they'll go to fighting him. Ah, oh, these big name preachers. I've asked a lot of people to please explain to me what that means. Is that how many letters is in his name? Big name. I only know one big name among us. 
That's the Lord Jesus Christ. It ain't my name, Tim Pruitt's name, Ron Spencer's name, Joel Brown's name. There's only one big name. That's the Lord Jesus. Oh, the love of God in the body can cry for those who are crying. And then when they see a brother or sister that God blesses and uses, or even maybe blesses them financially, they can look at and say, praise God, praise God. Well, I guess I might as well dismiss now. Can you rejoice if you see other people blessed more financially than you are? Or do you have a problem? My problem is them. No, actually it's not. It's you. Brother Darrell reminds me of it every now and then. To be honest, I don't remember even saying it to him. But he says that I told him something years and years ago. And he was a young preacher. And that was this. Brother Darrell, you cannot really be used by God in a great way until you can see one of your brothers used greater than yourself. Then you're a candidate for God to use you. Then you realize it's not competitive well, I'll tell you one thing. There's more folks stream Happy Valley than any other church in the message. I'm not sure that that's a blessing. Pardon probably the FBI and the IRS and only God knows who else. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. I've got more folks following my ministry than so-and-so does. You are so carnal. You are so carnal. Thank God for every man of God that's called by the Spirit of God. I don't care if they reach 5,000 times more than we do. I want to do our little part and let them do their great big part. And when we all get to heaven, we'll all give praise to our Lord Jesus Christ and say that we were unworthy servants. So a brother or sister can be set in a high place. Wow. And we have to walk by them and look at them. God bless you. You Pharisee. I'm talking about from our hearts, friends. Oh, I know this ain't deep this morning. Most of you don't live deep anyway, so this is right where you live. Can we with all reality, if God blesses a man or a woman, God blesses somebody to sing and they're so talented and people just, oh, they're so blessed and they just clap and clap and clap and clap and clap and re-clap and re-clap and then whenever you sing, they just clap. <laughs> or do you take it out on the people? in people's fault. They got with them better than the other person. You see, some people who are that way can never acknowledge that maybe God gives someone else a little greater gift than themselves. But one of the greatest victories you'll ever achieve is to find that God sets people in the body as it pleases Him, not them. Can I have a few more minutes? Y'all ain't gonna turn further me, are you? Now, Brother Louie done gave me this pastor appreciation. I thought about telling him, maybe you should wait till after the service and see if they still appreciate me. 
It might be pastor depreciation. <laughs> so God blesses somebody, helps them, honors them with a higher office. Maybe more understanding. My goodness, I hear some of the message brothers preach on whatever it is. I think, I just heard that same sermon. How come I didn't get that? And believe it or not, some of them tell me that. And that's the greatest marvel of all, believe me. You think, wow, really? Why? Because God does not give all of it to one human being. God does not give all the great understanding of election to one message pastor. Then everybody in the message rallies around that pastor. But God diversifies his gifts and divides them out among the body. I'm glad he does it that way. It's perfect. Maybe one have more spiritual light on this or that or the other. Ma. And some just so struggle. Watch this in oneness with God. The prophet said, by one spirit, we're all individually baptized into one body, collectively, the body of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ living with his spirit in our flesh, serving who? Not Jesus Christ living in your flesh, serving you but Jesus Christ in your flesh serving the body boy to meeting down in Louisiana and I'll tell you one thing that last service several weeks ago I asked brother Tim brother Tim who's preaching the last service because somehow or another I always get stuck with the last one so I was hoping maybe I wouldn't so he said why you are, Brother Donnie. <laughs> I didn't even ask about the other one. I wanted to know about that one. <laughs> Him and I and Brother Ron were all together and we all got a life out of it. Oh, I went home back to the room where RV where Karen and I was staying. Boy, I studied for a sermon. I'm telling you what. I studied and it was gonna be, man, was it gonna be a sermon. Oh, whoo. I got a Sunday morning or before I got up and the Lord woke me up before daylight. I don't know why he does me that way, but he does. That's fine. I have no problem with it. That's fine, sir. And he started dealing with me about some things. I thought, oh no. There goes that real good sermon I was going to preach. So when I got up, I started putting all that together for those of you there and those of you that streamed it. Oh, I, I struggled with that sermon. I even posted on the minister chat, brothers, pray for me this morning. I told Brother Tim before I walked out, I said, pray for me, buddy. I got to bring something. I really don't want to bring. He said, obey the Lord. <laughs> but I told her brother this week, if I ever get up in a convention anywhere else and announce my title, going back home, the whole building will empty out. <laughs> Some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but I preached about returning back home, coming back down off the mountain and all kinds of battles and all hell breaking loose. Believe what you want to believe. It was prophetic. But it wasn't what I wanted to preach. I wanted to cap off them meetings. Oh, I had a sermon. I told Carol, I said, this is what I was going to preach. It was going to be this and it was going to be that and it had been a million miles off. It would have made everybody so happy and jumping and shouting, my Lord, they nearly tore the pews down just the other, other services. They'd have been swinging off the chandeliers, you think, with the final climax of the presence of God. 
But God didn't want that. So now what are you going to do? You're a preacher. You're gifted. You're called. You want to get up and preach what you want to preach? Or you want to preach something that's so against you. But you do it because he's the boss. Why? He knew the body would need it. That was what I was going to say in the other sermon, lies? No, it wasn't lies. It was the truth. It was the scripture. It was the message. But it was the wrong season. What was seasonal was what he wanted. A song leader might be the same way. God put something on his heart to sing and say, we ain't practice that. I don't know about that. I don't know. No, I don't want to do that. I might mess up what you're concerned about himself. I want people to think I'm a good singer. I want people to think I'm a good preacher. I want people to think this. What difference does it make what people think? It's what God thinks. That counts. Oh my. Verse 27, we'll close. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. So now Paul is addressing the church. Remember, this is one of the most gifted churches in the New Testament. Not another church had as many gifts. But they assumed gifts meant depth, understanding, knowledge. Just because people are gifted don't mean they have a lick of sense. Well, praise the Lord. It don't mean they've got a lick of sense. It don't mean they have a lick of wisdom. I don't understand it myself. That's one of the things I'm going to ask him one day. Why do you give gifts to people that don't even know how to use them? I don't know. But look at them. They were so divided. They were cultish. This was following that man. This group was following that man. That group was following another man. And they argued and they fussed and they fought. And yet they were so gifted. They had one man living with his stepmother. They had the office bunch of issues that ever was. And they had more gifts than all the rest of the Bible even mentions of the New Testament church. And they thought because of the gifts that meant they were so close to God. It didn't. So they use their gifts. So they come to church. They love to speak in tongues. They would just speak in tongues while the preaching was going on. They'd speak in tongues and they're so loud it would drown out the preacher. You couldn't even hear the preacher. But they thought they were so spiritual. You imagine they just speak in tongues and just go on and on and on and on and on. Oh, glory to God. We had such a service. The preacher couldn't even preach. It was such a wonderful service. Why? Because they were using their gifts for themselves. Instead of edifying the body. Whatever God gave you as far as your gift. It's not for you. It's for the body of Christ. But you will be tempted, I'll warn you ahead of time. To use that gift for yourself. You see, the example I just gave you of a preacher. A preacher can go and preach with that gift that God's given him. And he can use that gift to make himself look greater in the eyes of the people. Or he can use that gift to follow the Spirit of God. And I found out through decades of experience, many times God will have you to preach beneath your capacity. 
beneath what you see and beneath what you understand. And then people will criticize you. Oh, he don't know very much. He don't this and that and the other. But yet you're following the spirit of God and he knows you will. And it's like he puts that before you. What's he doing? He's using you to prove his word to the devil. I've got men that are so gifted that if they ever stood up and really opened what I've given them, it would profound their congregation. That's been setting under them for years and years. But what does God do? He keeps you right where he's in charge. He's the boss. Can we stand? Oh, praise the Lord. I'm just glad you come to church. Me too. Oh, my. May God help us. Now ye are the body of Christ. And members in particular, Romans 12, 4. For as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ. And everyone members one of another. No revelation from God will ever disassociate you or me from the rest of the body. I don't need the body. I don't. That's contrary to scripture. You are members of one another. Look, friends, y'all think you need me? That's only half the picture. I need you. What good would a gift to preach do in any man's life without people to preach to? When the bad case of COVID was going on here in our church and we had about 10 or 11 brothers here, God helped me and God anointed me. But it sure wasn't the same as seeing you're all smiling faces. I can tell you that right now. Not a one of these pews ever jumped up and raised their ends. Not a one of them ever raised up and shouted. Not a one of them ever praised God. These brothers, God bless their heart. They double amen. They quadrupled every, 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 every time they could to try to make it easy on the preacher. Why? It ain't the same without you being here. Why? We need one another. How many wants to be more like what you've heard today? Amen, Lord Jesus. Let's bow our heads together if you would. Lord God, we know as long as we're in these old human prisons, we're a slave held in captivity to these bodies. Our makeup, our natures. Most of us can take promotion much greater than demotion. Most of us love to be acknowledged. We love to hear a name called. Lord God, help us to realize every gifted singer in this place, musician, preacher, whatever more, that gift was not given to them so that people could think, Oh, they're so gifted. We need to acknowledge that, of course. But every gift in this assembly was given for the body. I mean, no, Lord, that even with preachers and with singers, some, Lord, are given to bless other assemblies. So when they go out, someone may say, have brother so-and-so to sing. Have sister so-and-so to sing. 
because their singing is such a blessing to other assemblies. Maybe for some it's not so. They just bless that assembly where they are. It doesn't mean they're not called. It doesn't mean they're not gifted. Same with preachers. Same with musicians. Lord God, help us. Help each of us to move beyond jealousy and carnality. May we move closer and closer to the image of the Lord Jesus. We see the apostles as they were arguing and debating of who was going to be the greatest. Just days before you're going to be crucified and they're fussing of who's going to be the biggest. The sons of thunder, their mother comes and says, I want my two boys to be able to sit in the throne, one on the left and one on the right. And the rest of the disciples got jealous and angry because of this. We know this was all signs that they didn't have the Holy Ghost yet. Once they got the Holy Ghost, we don't see any other instance in the Bible where such things prevailed. Carol asked me the other day that I think after they got the Holy Ghost, if they still battled them, I said, I believe they did. They were human beings. But the prevalent thing was the Holy Ghost, not their humanity. So it wasn't so essential to write about all their failures. No doubt Peter warred with Peter every day of his life. No doubt John warred with John. And we know that John, the beloved disciple John, when they didn't receive you in the city, the Samaritans, and John said, you want us to call fire down out of heaven? Him and his brethren, Jesus said, you don't even know what spirit you're of. No doubt John still had to deal with an element of John after he got the Holy Ghost. Louis's got to deal with an element of Louis, Harry and Donnie and all the rest of us. And this is why you give us these great manifestations of your own nature in a sevenfold way of these virtues to live out of us. So when our patience runs thin, the patience of Jesus Christ can kick in. When our godliness may run short, the godliness of Jesus Christ. Our brotherly kindness may run short with a brother or a sister, but when ours runs thin, yours is an inexhaustible fountain. Help us today, Lord Jesus. Not only those in this visible audience, but those that have streamed today. May you minister to every hungry heart, Lord. We believe you started your church the way you wanted it, and you're going to end it the way you started it. This is the type of lives the Alpha Bride lived when they were buried in the dirt of denominationalism. Then the Omega Bride must be living out the same life with the same nature, with the same virtues that the Alpha Bride had. For she was Alpha, now she is Omega. We see them, Lord, as they would tack them to crosses. They would wrap them in sheepskins and animal skins and pour pitch on their bodies and set them on fire. And they would sing songs. And the heathens, the Romans, would say, listen, they sing. Look at how they die. Yet the Neros would scream like a pig when they were being killed. The Romans died like cowards. What was it that helped those Christians? It was your life in them. 
so they could pray for those who crucified them. As Nero would walk through his garden at night and those human torches would burn, our brothers and sisters' flesh would fall off of their bodies and melt as it were, them screaming in pain and torture. But they did not recant because it was the patience of Jesus Christ, the faith of Jesus Christ. But today, Lord, we're not being torched. We're not being hunted down. But we're fighting, Lord, every demon out of hell that's been let loose against us. Sickness, disease, pestilence, oppression, sadness, sorrow, we can feel it. Lord God, we need you to live through us. In the omega cycle, the way you live through your first bride. In the alpha cycle. Hallelujah. Yes, we want to heal the sick as you did. Yes, we want to lay hands on them. But we also want to have this as you did. That you could hang there on the cross and say, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Hallelujah. So it was not a blinded eye. It was not a crippled leg. The last work on the cross. It was pardoning the hard-hearted the uncaring and reaching out to a man that said remember me and you said today thou shalt be with me in paradise help us Lord Jesus may we not give up on our children may we not give up on our loved ones may we not give up on those Lord who've pulled away Lord God bring them back for that last one Lord Jesus could be a woman here today She's out there in the world, went back to the slop of the world, yet her name is on that book. Well, if she sees one of our sisters, will our sisters be ashamed to be identified with her? She's got a tattoo on her left arm, a tattoo on her neck, a tattoo on her right arm. Lord God, help us. Hallelujah. That we can be like you. That that last one, that last work of miraculous power might be reaching out to a thief on a cross. We don't know who it'll be, Lord, but may we be ready. May we not preach so that we can be honored. May we not even preach sermon titles and certain subjects because that's our favorite. But Lord God, help me as a preacher that I'll always follow your spirit. You know how much I dislike preaching sermons like today. You know how it breaks my heart. The last service I shared, I sat back there in the office with my head in my hands. Carol opened the door and walked in and said, don't you feel bad. It's what we needed. Any man of God, you know, Lord, how it goes against us. But our gift is not for us. It's not for fame or fortune. It's to minister to your people. I know sometimes I may make them angry. I don't mean to. I don't want to. But if I've got to swat them a little bit and I've got to shake them, they'll appreciate it, Lord, after a while. Help us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. How many of you would raise your hand and say to the Lord, Lord, use me. Whatever I can do, Lord. Maybe it's getting
give a person a little money, Lord. Maybe it's send somebody a text to lift them up. Maybe it's to pray for Brother Donnie, Brother Darrell, these ministers. Maybe it's to pray for the song leaders, Lord. Nobody may never know it. What can I do, Lord, that'll minister to this body here, this local assembly? Hallelujah. 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 Blessed Jesus. May you anoint us, Father. May we have such a baptism of love today. Lord, through this COVID thing, I've seen this body come together like never before. I've seen them reach out to one another and help one another. I thank you for that, Lord. So it proved to us once again that when we get in stress and great difficulty, that we run to one another's needs. Even though humanly we may not like each other's makeup or this or that, but that don't matter. Hallelujah, we're brothers, we're sisters in the economy of God. Oh, Jesus, will you send a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost around the world? Baptize us preachers afresh, Lord. Oh, we don't agree on this idea and maybe that idea, but Lord God, help us to realize through difficulty really is that these minor ideas is what makes us family. It's because we have the same Father, the Word. Worship you today, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Can we take just a few minutes now? How many feels like you need just a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost in your life? Not for signs and wonders, but for love, brotherly kindness, godliness, patience, virtue. Remember Jesus come down off of that mount of transfiguration. And in the valley he was met by a man who had a boy possessed of an evil spirit. One thing after another hit him. Moses come down from the mount of God. And he was met by people and naked worshiping idols. Oh, it's easy when we're under his anointing. But it's when we walk out of these doors to take what we're hearing and let it live out of us when there is no anointing present. But remember, you are anointed to be bride. That does not mean when you feel it. I'm just as anointed to pray for the sick when you call me in the morning at 1.30 as I am when I'm standing right here under the anointing. And many of you know you've called me at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, whatever it is in the morning for prayer. And I'm awakened out of a dead sleep and the Spirit of God will come on the other end of the phone and heal your body and bring deliverance. Why? I'm anointed to pray for the sick. I'm anointed to live right. And I'm not only anointed to live right, but as the bride, you're anointed to live right. Whether you feel it or whether you don't, you're anointed to be bride. You're anointed to manifest Jesus Christ to this last age that we live in. Praise the Lord. Can we just raise our hands for just a moment here in his presence? Sing something here. Let the Lord just minister to us. Now think about you and your needs. And I know a lot of times we have you to think about your brother or sister. Pray for them. But I want you to think about yourself. You and your wife, your family, if you're married, your kids. Just think about you, Lord. What, what greater thing can we do to make our church a better place? What can I do, Lord, as a member?
Not what can I get, but what can I do? What can I do? Lord, it's easy for me to sit on the seat of criticism and criticize this and criticize that. But Lord, what could I do that would make our church a better place? Praise God. What can I do, Jesus? What can I do as the pastor, Lord? Help me. Help me that I'll give my all. My use is gone. Much of my strength, I'll never regain it. But may I give what I have left. Hallelujah. May every man, woman, boy, and girl, those that are streaming today, maybe Brother Jason Watkins, some of his people, maybe Brother Tim, whoever they are, different ones, minister to them, Lord. No matter where they attend church, this is not just a sermon privy to Happy Valley. It'll fit wherever they assemble that we can minister to the body. Grant it, Lord Jesus. Grant it, Lord Jesus. If you feel comfortable in doing so, would you mind laying your hand on the person standing by you? Just pray for them that God will help them. Oh, Jesus, flow through us, Lord. Flow through me, through faith. Flow through my virtue. Flow through knowledge, temperance, godliness. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, O oh God. We worship you today, Lord Jesus. We magnify your holy name, for you are worthy, O oh Lord God. Hallelujah. These hands, which at one time and many of these people held cigarettes, alcohol, pornographic magazines, filth of the world, but now they've been cleansed. They are sanctified. Now they lift up those holy hands to the Lord to give you praise and honor and adoration, oh Lord God. We worship you, Jesus. We bless your name, Lord. Let's worship him together, hey. Let's just sing something now, children. May the Spirit of God search down in your hearts. Just look at you. Look at you. Well, Brother Donnie, I don't know of anything I'm supposed to do. God's called you. You've got a position in this body. You've got a position in this local body as well. Praise the Lord. God of mercy. Praise the Lord. Sweet love of mine. Yes, Lord. I have surrendered. Yes, Lord. To your, your design. May this offering, May this offering stretch across the sky. Yes, Lord. These hallelujah be multiplied. God mercy. Yes, Lord. Sweet
Thank you, Lord Jesus. God bless you, saints. Love you in the Lord. We've been blessed to be together today. Lou, you want to come take the service? Lord willing, we'll be having a little bit of a work night over to new facility on Tuesday. Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. We're taking up some of the paper that's all over the floors. And if you want to come over and be with us, it'll be about 6 o'clock. You and your wife, if you're married, bring her with you, and you shop back. And we're going to clean up some dust and some dirt and mops and bring your mops and your mop buckets. And we're not fellowshipping alone. We're coming to work. Okay? So everybody that can, Tuesday, we may be going to have a bunch of these so we can be able to save a little bit of money. Well, a whole lot of money, really. But it'll not only be us just doing it to save money, but we'll be, can be together. It's up to you if you want to wear a mask. If you want to wear oxygen on your back, it's up to you. Just bring your shop back. <laughs> we want you to feel comfortable. We certainly we honor those that still feel nervous off the COVID thing. It's something we know. It's something real and something that we want to be careful. But it'll, it'll be a help to us if you can. So that'll be this Tuesday at 6 o'clock. If you show up in a three-piece suit, you're liable to get a beating. So come to, let's come to work. Everybody's going to do that, all right? I asked Brother Andrew just to give us a, maybe a verse in the course of the song he sung a while ago. Nobody else had a needed salvation. I did. And he died for me. Aren't you glad he died for us today? Brother Andrew, God bless you. You so blessed our hearts. Sing a little bit of that for us just before we leave this morning. I never saw the many burdens that my Savior bore. And I never saw the crown of thorns that my Jesus wore. never saw that lonely hill where he was he was crucified and no
Lord. Go ahead and give us one more verse of that, Brother Andrew. You enjoy that this morning? We're getting ready to leave here just in a few minutes, but let's enjoy this. We don't get to see him that often. I never saw the rusty nails that they drove through his hands and feet. Oh, and I wasn't there to hear him say to his father, why hast thou forsaken me? And I never saw those Roman soldiers when they pierced him, oh, deep in his side. Oh, yes. But when he hung his head Sorry. in the locks of his shoulders, service Wednesday night, work Tuesday night. Go and have a good week. God bless you. The brethren play that if they will.